All right. Hey, can we give it up for the band? Man, so grateful for them. You know, they're packing up tonight, and then they're going to do this this weekend. So thank you guys so much for all you do. Thanks for pouring out. Really, so grateful for you. Thank you. Hey, before we get started, I, uh, man, during worship, I, I really felt like the Lord gave me a word for somebody in here, and I, I don't know who it's for, but if this resonates with you, I, I want you to receive it. I, I kept hearing the word audible. I kept hearing the word audible. You know, like Peyton Manning, like Omaha, like audible. And I, I, I got a sense that somebody, you're in here, and there's a play that you feel like that you were, you were supposed to run, and the Lord's calling an audible. The Lord's calling an audible. And if that resonates with you, maybe, maybe you've been resisting it a little bit, and you've been going, ah, I'm not really sure that that's the play. He sees something you don't see. He sees something you don't see. So just lean into that and, and, and ask him. Ask him what the next play is. But I believe someone in here needs to hear that. There's an audible that you need to call. So, uh, man, wasn't that great? Man, I, I'm so grateful for this weekend and all that God has done and all that God is going to do uh, tonight. And, man, what an incredible, man, last night, Pastor Josh, what a great word. Such a gift that word was. Yeah. So good. And then this morning, Pastor Tondrai and Pastor Ken, thank you so much. So much. Yeah. You know, the cool thing is we didn't, we didn't really spend a whole ton of time talking about what it is that we're going to be talking about. And we didn't really necessarily put a theme to this weekend. Um, but I, I love it because I really do feel like there's, there's some, the Lord's weaves some stuff together. And for this word tonight, it was actually a couple months ago, uh, I remember I was driving to Tulsa and driving from Edmond to Tulsa. And I can't remember if I shared this story, so if I did, I apologize. But I was just praying over this weekend and just, just so caught up in the presence of God and praying that at one point I looked down and I realized I was driving like 100 miles an hour. So the, 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 moral, or the lesson there is if you're going to be really praying on the road, just put the cruise control on, okay? That way you don't get pulled over. But I, I really heard very, uh, very clearly what, what the Lord wanted me to share this weekend. And I remember calling Pastor Josh and just kind of talking through some of it uh, just a little bit. And then over the last three months as I've kind of ironed that out, uh, I really think this is one of the most important words that we can hear, especially in the time that we live in. Uh, so I believe it's a timely word, and I believe it ties in very well uh, with some of the stuff that we've already heard. So again, I just want to encourage you, do whatever you got to do to prepare and receive this word. I believe God wants to speak to you. And, and you know, as we talk about some of the stuff that we've talked about, like being a, the leader God's called you to be, being a, a leader and pursuing kingdom mindsets in the business world, and then really being that man like Paul wrote to Timothy that we need to strive to be. That, that's, those are great marching orders. Like that's stuff that we need to go after. And as I was thinking about it, like this word that the Lord gave me is, I, I think the warning behind it is, if there's anything that's gonna stop us from walking into that, it's this specific sin. And the, the truth is, I think if we were to go around this room and we start over here and work our way all through the back, I don't know that 10% of the room would identify this as a sin that we really deal with. I think what we would probably look at is we would say, maybe point out this sin, but really I think some of the sin that we deal with is just 
a side effect of this main sin. And it's the sin of apathy. It's the sin of apathy. You know, the unique thing about this generation, and I'm not talking about just like spiritually speaking, but just in the world, even in secular society, one of the things that they've said is, this is the most apathetic generation of men to ever live. And I want that to sink in for a minute. Like, that's not okay. Like, that's not okay at all. And there's a lot of factors that go into that. There's a lot of things that honestly, we could probably sit here and come up with some excuses and be like, well, it's because of this. It's, you know, it's because the world is championing like women and, and, and all these movements and, and, you know, there's not a whole lot left for us. And they, there's this, you know, we were looked at as like, if you think about like watching television or movies, like the characters that men play in movies, they're either this kind of idiot father who all he cares about is like, you know, his secretary at work, or he's just this idiot boss that doesn't know what he's doing. Like men aren't necessarily portrayed the way that they used to be in society. And, and kind of what it's created is this apathetic mindset. And, and really to kind of illustrate it, a couple years ago, Pastor David Terry actually talked on apathy one weekend, and I love what he said, is he said, really, like if you were to put an emoji to apathy, it's like if you've ever, if you've got kids and you've watched that emoji movie, it's the, the meh emoji. It's kind of like, you know, meh, meh. <laughs> like, that's what apathy is. Like, there's something that needs to be done, and then you just kind of have this attitude that's like, meh, meh. Somebody else will take care of it. Somebody else will do it. And, and we, we see it, like I said, both in the church and outside the church. So what I, what I want to do is I want to look at what uh, the definition of apathy is. The definition of apathy, and, and this is just the, the standard definition, so this would be like the definition that we see in the world. Apathy is a lack of feeling, emotion, interest, or concern about something. It's a state of indifference or the suppression of emotions such as concern, excitement, motivation, or passion. So basically it's just going through my day and not really caring, caring too much about anything or getting real excited about anything. Passionless. Like just, eh, I'm getting through it. I, I want to change the definition a little bit and because here's, here's the truth. Like it's not just apathy that we've got to be guarded against. Really it's, it's spiritual apathy. And spiritual apathy, I would define as this way, is it's the lack of feeling, emotion, interest, or concern about the things that move and break the heart of God. It's a state of indifference towards those things, suppression of emotions, such as concern, excitement, motivation, or passion. Like if we're not careful, we can find ourselves in a situation where God puts stuff that he wants us to see and he wants us to move towards, and we just, eh, somebody else will take care of it. Eh, that's really for someone else to do. You know what James says, and I'll tell you, if you want to get slapped in the face, just open up the book of James. That's a good place to start. But James 4.17 says this, if anyone, everybody say anyone. That's you, right? That's you. That's all of us in here. If anyone then knows the good they ought to do and doesn't do it, it is a sin for them. So what this verse is saying, James is sitting here and saying, hey, if you know there's something you should do and you don't do it, 
It's a sin. This is different than maybe the sin that like when we engage in activity that we know we shouldn't be doing. This is passive sin where we just look at it and we go, ah, somebody else can deal with that. And guys, it's a sin. We've got to be able to insert ourselves into that and go, okay, Lord, what is it that you would have me do in this situation? And so you think about it, and as I was kind of mulling over this word and going, okay, why is it? Why, why is it that this is the, the most apathetic generation as far as what they would describe? Now, let me say this. I don't believe that to be true for the men in this room, okay? That is not in at New Song Church in Edmond, Oklahoma. This is not going to be a group of apathetic men. Amen? But why, why do you see, like, why do we see that happening? Or what are the things that take place that maybe pull us towards this sin or this, this mindset of apathy? Well, if you're taking notes, I want you to write this down. I believe that one of the reasons why we struggle with apathy is because we've gotten really good at serving a God of comfort. Like, I think we found ourselves like serving the God of America. Like, this this God that exists so that we can have success, we can be healed, we can walk through life without any major issues, our kids can be 4.0 students, They can graduate high school, get married. We can retire and sail off to Rocky Mountain National Park in our RV. Like that's that's kind of that's kind of the God that 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 really the Western world's created. And and what happens if we're not careful is we we just find ourselves in these environments where we're like, I don't really want to get uncomfortable. And part of that is because we've filled our schedule with so much stuff that discomfort keeps us from trying to, you know, do the things that we fill our schedule with. And so we've gotten really good at doing that. Number two, if you're taking notes, and I think this is a real big one. This is a real big contributing factor to why we we struggle with apathy. And it's the amount of information that we have access to and how quickly we receive it, like, has created it to where we have a, a really short attention span. Like porn culture, gaming culture, it's really altered our brains. Like, I was thinking about this. I, uh, there was a Sunday I got home from church. Pastor Josh delivered a great word. I was talking to Kristen about it. I can't remember exactly what was happening, but there was some conflict that was taking place here in the U.S. I think a school shooting had happened, and we were having a conversation, and then Scott McGregor sends me a text message that Lincoln Riley is going to USC. Now, here's, here's the reason why I say that. That text message and how quickly we received that information Everything else kind of went to the back of my mind, and all of a sudden, it's like, holy smokes, Lincoln left, and he's going to, he's going, we're going to be terrible. Like, if, like, here's what I'm getting at. You, we are in an age where you can receive information at such high rates of speed that we have found ourselves to where we're not pausing and taking the time to go, all right, Lord, what is it that you would have me do with this information? And we just, we just move on. And we don't even realize that we're moving on. Like, here's what I'm saying. In that moment, it's not like I made the conscious decision to sit here and go, none of that stuff matters. I'm going to focus on on this. It's just we've trained ourselves. We've conditioned ourselves to this, hey, I'm going to, I'm going to meet my selfish desires quickly. I'm going to go through and, and get all this information. And then we just find ourselves to where it's really, really hard to slow down and focus and push distraction out. 
Like, if there's one thing that I think plagues, like, I'm going to tell you, be real honest with you right now. One of the things that can sometimes be so difficult in pursuing a relationship with the Lord is all the distraction. Like, even when you're quiet, (laughs) even when you've, like, shut the computer down, pushed the phone out, like, our brains just continue to race and, like, it is hard. It is hard. That's why I love what Pastor Josh said last night. That's why we've got to find ourselves to get to a point where we got to, what's got to go? What, what, do we got, what, are, what do we got to push out? And again, it's not all bad stuff. It's not all bad stuff. Most of the time, it's good stuff. It's just filling space that's keeping us from doing what we need to do. And then number three is this, is we feel like we can't make a difference. Anybody ever felt like that? Like a situation you know, you, you hear something or you see something and you're like, meh. You know, I, I would love to try to do that, but my efforts are probably not going to make that much of a difference. Like, what is one man going to do? And again, here's, it goes back to what Pastor Josh was talking about last night. Like, when we're trying to do everything on our own, when we're, try, when we're not leaning in, when we're not leaning into the power of the Holy Spirit the, in, in God, like, again, where does it say where we're weak, he's strong? When we're not leaning into that, yeah, you are not going to make a lick of difference. But we find ourselves in that attitude, and then we just sit here, and it's kind of like it's easy to move on and let somebody else handle it. Because if we're being real honest, we got a lot of stuff in and of our own that we're trying to take care of. Just a lot. It's one of the, I, I think this, we... We have not necessarily gotten smarter as, as we've progressed technologically. And, it, I mean, it, it really hasn't. It's pushed us to where it's like, man, this is really, this is, it, we've got some disadvantages because of it. And we, we have to recognize that. And we have to recognize that it's a problem. And it's a problem that we can very easily slip into. And, again, what did I say at the beginning? I bet you if I were to ask you, like, you wouldn't even know it's a problem. It's just so, it just slips in. And then we find ourselves 10, 15, 20 years down the road of marriage and fatherhood and just like, holy smokes, where did time go? Who's been training my children? And then it's too late. So we got we to gotta really hone in on this. And so I'm, I'm a pretty practical guy. So for me, I'm like, okay, we, we've identified what the problem is. What's the solution? Okay. And this is going to be where I really have the meat of, of the message. And, and I really want, there's two items and there's some subpoints here, but I really want you to take some notes here on this. And, and if you guys were a part of the men's uh, kickoff event that we had a year and a half ago, uh, this first point, you're going to remember where some of this comes from. But I really felt like the Lord brought me back to it because it's so important. So I think the most practical way and the best way that we can defeat apathy is if you're taking notes, write it down, we can serve. We can serve. You know, we were talking, and this was about a year ago, and we asked ourselves the question, like, what's the manliest thing you can do? Right? And, and it's funny, because I even went back and looked it up, and for some reason, the top five things are still on there. Like, what defines a man? These are pretty silly, so I'm going to go through and list them. The first one is muscularity. Now, that, that I think all of us want to be muscled up, right? All of us want to look like Blake Kerr with his shirt off right? But that's, that's number one. 
Number two is play the guitar and sing. So, hey, David Terry, you're, you got both of them down. All right, buddy? The top two. But it gets pretty funny after that. Number three is riding a motorcycle is what defines manhood or what makes you manly. Yeah? So, Dad, you got, you got one of them. And then you, they lose me at number four, smoking. And that, that's, like, how does that make you? Like, hey, Carl, let's go get a cigarette, huh? No. And then number five <laughs> is beard. So, yeah, it's, it's pretty silly. A beard, not beer, a beard, sorry, beard. Like being able to grow facial hair. Yeah, sorry. Beard, duh. But if you look at it, that's the things that they say, like those are the five things that like, if someone were to look at you and you portray those things, man, you're manly. But let me, let me tell you something. That's not what makes you manly. That's not what makes you manly. If you've got your Bibles, I want you to open up to Mark chapter 10, verses 35 through 45. This is such a great passage. And Jesus uh, is having a conversation here. It starts out in verse 35. It says, Then James and John, the sons of Zebedee, came to him saying, Teacher, we want you to do whatever we ask. Which is just kind of funny that it's like, Hey, Jesus, can you do whatever we ask? And he said to them, what do you want me to do for you? They said to him, grant us that we may sit on your right hand and the other on your left in your glory. But Jesus then said to them, you do not know what you ask. Are you able to drink from the cup that I drink and be baptized with the baptism that I'm baptized with? They said to him, we are able. These guys are clueless. So Jesus said to them, you will indeed drink the cup that I drink And with the baptism I am baptized with, you will be baptized. But to sit on my right hand and on my left is not mine to give, but is for those for whom it is prepared. And when the ten heard it, they began to be greatly displeased with James and John. But Jesus called them to himself and said to them, You know that those who are considered rulers over the Gentiles lord it over them, and their great ones exercise authority over them. Yet it shall not be so among you. But whoever desires to become great among you shall be your servant." And whoever of you desires to be first shall be slave of all. And this is one of my favorite verses in the Bible. I love what verse 45 says. For even the Son of Man, Jesus is talking about himself here, did not come to be served, but came to serve and to give his life for a ransom for many. You know, the the theme of this year at New Song Church is practicing the way of Jesus. If we're going to be men, if we're going to get practical about making sure that the spirit of apathy is something that doesn't get on us. We gotta be like Jesus and we gotta serve. We've gotta serve. Listen, serving is the manliest thing you can do. Do you know why? It's because when you serve, you are so much like your savior Jesus. And that's the greatest man to ever walk this earth. Like nobody will ever be greater than Jesus. We can all agree with that, right? And listen to what he's saying, verse 45, for even the Son of Man, Jesus, who stepped out of heaven, came to this earth, and he's sitting here saying, in all his glory, I came not to be served, but to serve. That that should be the posture that we take when we come into these, these opportunities and these situations. Like, we should find ourselves going, hey, I'm gonna serve, and it's gonna be a part of my daily life. Not when I feel like it, or not when time allows, but it's just who I am. My name is Matt Servant. 
My name is Garrus, servant. My name is Jeremy, servant. It's who we are. It's not something that we do, it's who we are. And so there's three areas that I want to, that, that, to get even further practical here, that we have to serve in. Like, we have to serve in. The first one, and I think it's pretty obvious, but we're to serve our family. We're to serve our family. Again, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to keep going back to your message last night if you're okay with that. But I want you to think about this from the aspect of, like, the soldier, like what we, what we heard about last night. Like, and again, if you were here last year, we talked about how, like, God has given all men something to build, protect, and advance. Like, think about this. As a soldier, we've got to be willing to say no to some things so that we can serve our family the way that we need to serve our family. We've got to be willing to say no to some things so that we can serve our wife the way that we need to serve our wife. All right? Look at, uh, you know what Ephesians 5.25 says, husbands love your wives just as Christ loved the church that he laid down his life. That, that's, that's our posture. Our posture is not, hey, honey, I'm home. Where's dinner? I'm going to watch the football game and then let's have sex. Like that's, that's, not, that's not what Ephesians is saying. We got to serve. So how do we serve? All right? Like th- these are some things that, like, like I want you to think about this. These are some things that you might need to say no to. Again, things that are good, things that by themselves are not bad, but maybe you should say no to them. Maybe serving for you looks like hanging up the golf clubs for a season of life. Maybe it looks like when you get home, instead of opening up your laptop and continuing your work, you sit down with your kids at the kitchen table and help them with their homework. Maybe for you, it looks like helping out with chores and not the chores that you like to do. Like for me, I love to vacuum and make the bed. I know that's weird, but I love to vacuum. I don't know why. It's just maybe it's like seeing dirty stuff. Just It's like, oh, it's just so satisfying. <laughs> I do. Uh, we got wood floors, and I told my wife, I was like, can we please do carpet in the bedroom so that I can vacuum it? So that's why we've got carpet in our bedroom. I know that's weird. But I hate doing the dishes. Like something about the dishes. I... I cannot bring myself to be joyful while cleaning dishes. But if I'm going to serve Kristen after dinner, what am I doing? I'm doing the dishes. Put a little joy of the redeemed on and talk to Kristen and and lean into the joy of the Lord while that's going on. Here's an important one, uh, husbands. Talk to your wife without having to be probed. Like you want to trip your wife out Monday afternoon or Monday evening when you get home? Just start talking to her when you walk in the door about your day. Not like, hey, honey, I love you, but like let her know. Let her, let her know how your day was and then ask her how her day was. And don't like, you know, wander off mentally, like really engage with your wife. For, I'm telling you, for some of you, it's going to be tough. But it's important. Like you're serving your spouse. You know, part of, part of the reason why this is so hard is because, like, we're pretty selfish people. Like, we're, we're pretty selfish people. We really do a good job caring about ourselves. We, like, taking care of us, it's like, man, really, we're really good at it. Like Pastor Ken said today, like, we love our bodies, right? We're, we're pretty selfish people. But, man, we got we to gotta be able to serve. We got to look past that selfishness. Here's a great one. Pray with your wife. And it doesn't matter. Men, listen to me. 
it doesn't matter how bad you think you are praying. I think one of the biggest fears or concerns, and I've talked to some of you guys about this, is like, I just don't want to pray for my wife because she's better at it than I am. You know why she's better at it than you are? Because she does it. She does it. Like, pray with your wife. Get ugly with it. I'm telling you, she'll love it. She'll love it. Pray with your kids. Pray with your kids. Let your kids see in the word. That means if you've got to get up a little, little earlier or maybe one of your morning activities that you normally do, man, let your kids know. Like, and even if you have to leave, like, again, you're not trying to manipulate it, but, man, I, you know what? When I leave, I love to leave my Bible and my notes there on the table in the living room. Because, it, again, it show, it's, it's providing a comfort to the kid. Man, dad was in the word today. My husband was in the word today. Like you're creating a culture where it's, they're knowing like this is the way to go. This is the direction we go. It helps defeat apathy. Am I helping somebody out tonight? So we got to serve our family. Number two is this. Serve in your workplace or in your school. And I, and I said this to the guys that were in the class in there this morning. But as great as this platform is, and listen, I love being able to teach. It's one of the greatest privileges I have. As great as this platform is, there is no greater platform than the platform you have in your school and in your workplace. Like, the impact you can have by serving in your school, by serving in your neighborhood, by serving in your workplace, don't ever underestimate that. Like, just because you're not standing up in front of a bunch of people with a microphone doesn't mean you're ineffective. I would argue that if you really just made it a point to serve in those places, you will find yourself incredibly effective. And you'll see, you will see kingdom advancement take place in those, in those, in those areas of your life. So what does that look like? Um, I, I would ask yourself this question, like, how do your coworkers view you? Do your coworkers view you as somebody who, like, humbly serves or as somebody who doesn't mind stabbing somebody on their back on the way up the corporate ladder? Do, like, are, are you willing to find yourself, like, serving and doing things that maybe not everybody likes to do? Like, I don't know, maybe in your workplace, taking out the trash or, I don't know, maybe you've got to mop something. I, I don't know. But that sounds terrible. But if, if that's something that you do, like, are you volunteering for it? Are you serving? And here's what, I want, here's what I want you to understand about this, okay? Like, again, let's think about it from this perspective. This is, this is how we make sure that we're, we're not being apathetic. This is how we make sure that we're, we're putting ourselves, by serving what we're doing, is we're inserting ourselves into places where God can reveal things to us so that we can be a vessel for him to be utilized. Like, that's, that's what this is doing. It's important for us to do that. And then number three is we got to serve in the church. Serve in the church. Now, this is something that's actually really, really cool. I want to share something with you guys. So... And this is the reason why I felt like the Lord wanted me to really specifically highlight this. Um, a year and a half ago, we kind of re-kicked off men's ministry at the church. And you know one of the great things about New Song Church and one of the blessings that we have is, like, statistically speaking, when you look at church metrics, we're well above the, the, the average. And I'm going to tell you, it's not because Pastor Josh is just, like, something special. As great as Pastor Josh is, the reason, the reason that we are, you are special, but the reason that we are, 
Hold on. I'm getting to it. Oh, man. You are special. But the reason, the reason why is because it's not all about him. It's because he walks step by step with the Lord and listens to the Holy Spirit. And that's why we're seeing, that's why we're seeing what we have take place. Not because of his talent, but it's because of his obedience. But the one area when we pulled the metrics that we were below average in was the percentage of men that serve in the church. Nationally, 70% of those that volunteer in church are women. A lot of that's because, unfortunately, a lot of women go to church and their husbands stay at home. Like, there's a, uh, there's a lot more women members in church there today than, than there are men. Uh, and for us, 19% of our volunteers at that time were men and 81% were women. I, I'll be honest with you, I was shocked. I, I, I was like, man, that's, that's pretty wild. And so if you'll remember, I, I challenged you all. And I said, guys, this is pathetic. Like, we got to serve. We got to step up. And listen, this is like, that's where you see apathy kick in because it's like, oh, hey, pastor gets up and says, we need volunteers in uh, kids' ministry. And you're like, meh, the women will take care of that. Or, you know, we need people to stand in the parking lot. Eh, not really. I got to get my kids ready. And, you know, I'm not going to have time to hang out after church or to, you know, serve in between services. Like, that, that's, that's where apathy can set in. But here's, here's the reason why I bring this up. Since then, we looked at the metrics, 43% of the men in our church serve. Come on. Yeah. Like, guys, I'm telling you, that's incredible. And I got to tell you, I'm so proud of each and every one of you that serve. Because here's the thing, serving, serving makes such a big difference. Like the posture of our heart when we serve Man, I'm telling you, like, it, it allows for us to be in such step with what God wants for our life. And let me just tell you this. If you're not serving and you're a member at New Song Church, it's time to get off the bench and serve. We got plenty of areas for you to serve in. Plenty of areas for you to serve in. But again, I got to tell you guys, I'm so proud of you. So proud of you for serving. Those are the three areas that we got to serve in. And it's important that we serve in those areas. And again, Serving, I think, is the number one thing we can do to defeat apathy. But then here's the second thing. And the second thing is I would just have you write down a question. What is it? What is it? What is it that you feel like you have eyes to see that nobody else is seeing? And here's what I want you to hear. It's not just that you see it. What captures your heart? Like, what do you see that just when you see it, it really stirs something up in you? And, and here's the truth. If, if there's nothing that's coming to mind, then you probably have too much distraction in your life, and you're missing what God is trying to tell you. Hey, this is part of your assignment, son. Like, turn the noise down so that you can see this. Turn the noise down so that you can, you can get passionate about something. And the reason why it's important to identify this is because if you don't identify this and then you just try to start working through this, you're going to find yourself burning out, going after every cause and chasing every single fire that comes your way. You see, there, there's an important, 
like distinction to understand. God has not put us on this earth to face every single battle that humanity faces. Like, it is not our responsibility to go after every single issue and to spend as much energy as we can. Truth is, like, aside from going to church and serving, I think that there's probably one main thing that should capture your heart. And aside from working and being a husband, being a father, that should be something that you and your spouse, that you and your family are consistently making moves to go after and do damage to the kingdom of darkness and win people over for the Lord. Because here's the truth. God's given every single one of us something to pursue and go after. And if we want to defeat apathy, we got to know what that is and we got to know how to go after it. So important. I, you know, like this again is, like I said, this is why it's so important to eliminate the distraction so that you can see it. And maybe for you, maybe i give some examples, but maybe for you it's like, hey, I was addicted to drugs and I hate seeing people caught up in, you know, all the narcotics or, you know, taking pills or, or alcoholism. Maybe for you it's, you know, I, this, this issue of fatherless children. You know, we live in a society where there are more children living without a father. Like, just because guys get apathetic and they've abandoned their family. Maybe for you that's what it is. And God's saying, hey, you need to be a part of safe families. Or you need to, you need to adopt some children. Maybe for you, you're like, hey, overseas missions. That's what it is. That's what I need to go after. Here's one that, like, I would say that I find, like, sometimes, and again, this is maybe going to mess with some of you. But, like, my wife sent me something the other day that was on Instagram. I don't have social media on my phone. But, like, the indoctrination that we see of our youth today in society, like, it's demonic, and it should bother every single one of us. And she sent me this deal where um, in this public library, they're, uh, you know, the LGBT community and with all this gender confusion and stuff, like they're having these drag shows and uh, drag book readings, and they've got all these little kids around there, and the books that they're reading, you're just like, what in the world? And, and here's what I would ask you. If all you're doing is going to social media and talking about how big a problem this is, and not figuring out a way to serve in a classroom where you sit and tell a child, hey, God loves you so much and you are a son and a daughter, then guess what? We got to quit complaining about it. We, we got we to quit just taking our soapbox on social media and sitting here and going, hey, this is what's wrong, and then I'm going to go over here and golf 18 holes on Saturday morning. It's not who God's called us to be. It's not who God's called us to be. You know, I think of people in our life uh, that many of you all know, and even in my own life that you see this played out. I think of Pastor Ken, who a long time ago saw the need for children's ministry to be done in a way that we're not just babysitting children, but we're teaching children the word of God. And what happened? An incredible, effective ministry that touched the lives of millions of kids. Some of you in here. And listen, I promise you this, we are all part of that legacy today because of what he did. I think of Pastor Josh, who had a, 
an incredible job at Gateway. Very comfortable, great home, like great church, great salary, but just gets this desire to sit here and go, man, this is not what God's called me to do. Like there's something more. Moves to a city, quits his job, and just goes, hey, I'm planning a church because it is my desire to help people know who God is, to help people know the God that changed my life. I think of guys like my dad who just have a desire to help those in prison, spends his weekends going into prisons and ministering to guys and saying, hey, your life's not over. Your life's not over. It's funny. I'll have, I'll have people come up at the church and they'll ask my daughters, hey, where's your, where's your grandfather this week? And they'll be like, oh, he's in prison. I'm like, well, you got to let him know what he's doing, girls. In my own life, I'll tell you something that, 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 that has helped me not be apathetic is my wife and I, many years ago, we had... Uh, people that were really, really close to us get divorced and just see marriages wrecked. And so we've made a conscious decision to sit here and go, hey, we're going to do everything we can to invite couples over to our house. We're going to do everything we can to send couples on wedding, or not wedding, but marriage retreats so that they can work on their marriage. Like, what is it? I'll tell you something that I really hope all of you guys get involved in is we've got some men in this room right now who they're on the other side of a porn addiction. And they have found freedom from it. They are walking in freedom from a porn addiction. And one of the things that they have been pushing and saying to me for the last year is, dude, we got to do something about this. We've got to do something about this. And what I love is they're partnering with the church and saying, hey, what can we do here at the church? How can we use our resources? So here's something I want to let you guys know that's happening. In February of 2023, we are going to start a Conquer series for all the men in the church. Yeah. That's something you can clap for. And here's, here's my encouragement. Uh, every man in the church is going to get an email from me in a couple weeks. It is my encouragement that every single one of you, regardless of where you're at, go through this. Wherever you're at. You could be totally free from pornography. It could be something that's not even necessarily on your radar. You could be in the middle of it. It doesn't matter. Here's the reason why every single one of us have got to go through this. Okay? It goes back to just, just what he was saying with a four-generational mindset. You know why? Because some of you in here, maybe you're in your 70s and you're going, hey, I haven't struggled with pornography in 25 years. But you got a son that may have an issue with it. you got a grandson that may have an issue with it. Men, let me tell you this right now. I've got a seven-year-old son, and I'm, I am not going to accidentally just... Hope and man, I, I hope I hope he doesn't. I hope this is something he doesn't struggle with. No, we're gonna have conversation about it. We're gonna talk about the dangers of it because here's one of the things I want you to understand. It's not just like here's what's here's what's fascinating about the issue of pornography is it's not just that it's doing damage to your purity. It is doing damage to your brain, like destroying your brain. And there is a process that people who are a lot smarter than myself have gone through, and they have a way of being able to break it down. And here's the other thing. Even if you're five years removed from it, I promise you this, you're going to go through this series, and there's going to be some stuff that you're going to be like, oh, my goodness. I didn't realize that that might be a trap. I didn't realize that that might be something that I go through. So 
I'm gonna, my expectation is that every man at New Song Church will go through the series. That, I just want you to know, like when we talk, if you're in here and you're dealing with it and you don't sign up for it, I'm going to ask you, what are you doing? Why are you being apathetic? Why do you have an attitude towards this? It's like, eh, I'll be able to get through it on my own. No, you won't. But again, just like I said earlier, where you're weak, he is strong. And listen, I, like this is, this is why I love this message so much. It's because when you get something that, that like God puts on your heart and you see it come through, like with the men that are doing this, guys, I'm telling you, we can change the world. We can change the world. All it takes is one guy. All it takes is one decision. Band, if you will, you guys can go ahead and, and head up here. Man, praise God. It changes history. The decisions that we make as men to not be apathetic changes history. Think about Moses. Think about Moses, one man, just bothered by the fact that God's people were held in captivity. What's he do? Marches into Pharaoh. Like, he, what's he, he makes a decision to where I'm not going to be comfortable. I'm going to get out of the palace, and I'm going to go in and say, hey, this is not okay. Let my people go. Think about Josiah, King Josiah. Like, it could have been real easy for him to sit here and go, hey, I didn't have a great dad. I didn't have a great upbringing. But no, you know what he said? I'm going to restore true worship. And you know what his lack of apathy did? It spared an entire generation from going into captivity or from receiving the wrath of God. Like one man. Think about David. You know, the world that we live in today is starving for men like David. That would come into a situation and they would see the giant that's facing this thing. And rather than just be like, eh, I'm going back to the pasture, eh. That they would come out and they would sit here and say, okay, you come against us with that. We come against you in the name of a living God and today is your last day. That's the attitude we have to have. That's the approach that we have to take. And, and here's the thing. It, it's not a real easy decision. Or, no, let me say this. It's not necessarily that it's not an easy decision. It's not an easy choice because of the sacrifice that it has. Like, we got to recognize that it comes with a cost. And as I was putting this together, I really felt like the Lord wanted me to ask you this question. Is it worth the cost to you? Ask yourself that question. Is it worth the cost? Is it worth the cost? Is it worth the cost to lay some of those things down? Is, is it worth the cost so that we can, we can have an eternal perspective rather than a short-sighted, this side of heaven perspective? Jesus has a conversation with his disciples and men, as I read this, I want to I ask if everybody would stand up. Jesus is talking to his disciples, and this is what he says, verse 24, Matthew 16. Jesus says to his disciples, if anyone desires to, to come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross 
and follow me. For whoever desires to save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. For what profit is it to a man if he gains the whole world and loses his own soul? Or what will a man give in exchange for his soul? And so the crossroads that I think we find ourselves at here is are you willing? Are you willing to tonight? You know, because here's the thing. I think we can go away from these moments, and if we're not careful, on the turnpike drive back home, everything that happened tonight, everything that happened this weekend, can just stay here in Colcord. And what a tragedy that would be. What a tragedy that would be. You know, we got 120 guys in here. And if we make the decision to count the cost and recognize that it's absolutely worth the price and commit tonight that we're going to pursue God, that, that we're going we're gonna to do what we learned this weekend. We're going we're gonna to follow through on the word that God, the deposit that he's given us. And we're going to fight the spirit of apathy. Like if we make that decision tonight, I'm telling you, I'm telling you, our city will forever be changed. And so tonight, here's what I want you to do. If that's you, and you would say, you know what, it's worth the cost. And I, I am... I am buying it all in. Rather than lift up your hand, rather than come down for prayer, I just ask you, and here's the thing I want to say, if you're not ready, if you're not ready to do it, don't come down. Because I want, I, listen, I, I want those who are committed to come down before God and say, I am ready to commit. I am ready to do this. So if that's you this evening, I just want you to fill this altar. Just go ahead and begin to come down. Praise God. You know what I love about God? You know what I love about the Lord we serve? Is he's not asking us to just make a commitment and not give us anything in return. It's important that we count the cost, but I want to read to you what he says in Mark. <laughs> it's in Mark chapter 12. He's talking to his disciples. This is after he had the conversation with the rich young ruler. And this is what he says to him. And listen, this is what the Lord says to you tonight. Jesus answered and said, Surely I say to you, there is no one who has left house or brothers or sisters or father or mother or wife or children or lands for my sake in the Gospels who shall not receive a hundredfold now in this time. Houses and brothers and sisters and mothers and children's lands with persecutions and in this age to come eternal life. But many who are first will be last and the last is first. Here's what he's saying in there. Nobody is going to give up anything and not get a hundredfold return on this side of heaven. The reason why it's worth the cost is because the life that God has called every single one of us to live is far greater than a life that we could live in and of our own strength. And what he wants to do is he wants to pour out not just a blessing so that we can be comfortable, but a blessing so that we can go out into our communities and into our spaces and do damage to the kingdom of darkness. 
so that when we come back here next year, this place has got three or 400 men in it who are crying out to receive and to have the exact same mentality that we have here today, that it's something that they want to go after and that they want to, they want to capture. That's what God's called us to do. And so what we're going to do is we're going to go back into worship. And whether it's here or you want to move out and create some space, here's what I want you to do. I want you to respond. We're going to sing a song about surrender. And let that be the posture of our heart tonight. That, Lord, we surrender our lives to you. Lord, we surrender our lives to you. We commit our lives to you, Lord. Lord, we say that have your way in our life. Lord, let your will be done. We, we worship you tonight, Lord. Lord, we thank you for who you are. Lord, we praise you. Thank you, Lord.
I'm going to ask you to take an unapathetic position right now, and that is to do your best at whatever place you are in life to get on your knees before the Lord right now. My dad made a statement this morning that just has been resonating with me all day. This idea that sometimes we, we're trying to man up in our own strength, but actually one of the greatest things you can do is to be a man down. And maybe you're kind of finding yourself going, man, I've never done this before. Well, get used to it. Because let me just tell you, this is the position we will have before the Lord for all eternity. Every knee will bow. We just choose to do it, right? And I want to encourage you, I see it happening right now, but there's guys around you, put your hand on them. Just start praying for them. You're like, man, I don't do that. Well, get over it. Do it. Get unapathetic. Let's pray for these guys. Thank you, Jesus. We love you, Lord. We're brothers. We're family. This is family. We're doing some family business right now, Lord. We're called to an assignment. We're called to a job. We're called to do something. So we lock our arms with each other in a position of surrender unto you, Lord. And we declare that we need you. We need you, Lord. We call on your name that we might be saved. We call on your name that our families might be saved. We call on your name that our schools might be saved. We call on your name that our, that our marriages would be saved, Lord. That our children would be saved, Lord. We call on your name. If you don't know what to pray right now, just say the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. The name of Jesus. At the name of Jesus, every knee will bow. Sickness has to bow. Sin has to bow. Thank you, Jesus. We are men who choose to get on our knees. We are men who choose to surrender. Holy Spirit, would you, would you move in this room right now? Make yourself known. Make yourself known. Thank you, Lord. Men, would you, would you make that statement? Holy Spirit, make yourself known to me right now. Lord, make yourself known. Move in power in this room right now, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Move in love in this room right now, Lord. Spirit of rejection, we, we command you to go. Condemnation, we curse you in Jesus' name. The Lord leads us in conviction. Moving forward, not looking backward at our mistakes. Thank you, Jesus. We move forward. We march ahead. We, we, we take up these marching orders we've received tonight. In you, Lord. Yes, Holy Spirit, move in this room. Move in this room. Move on hearts right now. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. We wait on you. We'll stay here, Lord, for you. Because you're worth it. Thank you, God. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord Almighty. Holy is the Lord Almighty. We join our voices with the voices of the angels singing in heaven around the, crown, around the, the throne room of heaven. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty who was and is and is to come. Holy are you, Lord. Set apart are you, Lord. You are set apart in strength. You are set apart in wisdom. You are set apart in healing power. You are set apart. There's no one like you. No one compares to you in strength. No one compares to you in wisdom. No one compares to you in love. 
Lord, pour out your love on your sons right now. In Jesus' name, pour out your love in this room. Pour out your healing in this room right now, Lord. We don't want to go home injured. We ain't going home injured. Speak to that pain in your body right now. In Jesus' name, we thank you that the stripes of Jesus are the grace needed that enables us to receive of the healing power of God. Thank you, Jesus. You took stripes on your back so we could be healed. I speak to every injury, every pain, every, everything in this room that does not align with the will of God on earth as it is in heaven. In heaven, we're not going to have pain. In heaven, we're not going to have injuries. In heaven, we're not going to have muscle pulls. We're not going to have broken fingers. None of this garbage in heaven, Lord. So we say right now, on earth as it is in heaven, in Jesus' name. In heaven, we're not going to be confused. We speak to that, that confusion, not knowing what to do, not knowing how to face this situation. We speak to it right now in Jesus' name. We say that we know because we have the all-knowing one within us, the Holy Spirit who can lead us and guide us in all truth. Thank you, Lord. We worship you. We praise you. We give you glory and honor. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. Holy is the Lord God Almighty. Praise you, Lord. Praise you, Lord. Praise you, Lord. Yes. Yes, Lord. Thank you, God. Bless your name, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. What's the Holy Spirit saying to you right now? I want to encourage you, look around this room. God puts somebody in your heart, go, go walk up to him, start praying for him. Ask them what they need. Let's make this, let's just make this whole room an altar unto the Lord tonight. Let's be brothers tonight. Let's pray for each other. Let's lift each other up. Let's speak words of affirmation. You know, that's what it, that's what it means to be prophetic and to, is to just be willing to listen to the word of the Lord and to go up to people and encourage people, to put courage in. Go up to people, encourage them. Encourage them in what you see in them. And it's not just what you're seeing in them. It's what the Holy Spirit's seeing. He wants to use you to speak to people. I want to encourage you. Encourage others. If you've seen something in a brother this weekend that you go, man, I admire that about you. Go tell them. Let's lift each other up. Let's be iron sharpening iron brothers tonight. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, I pray you'd, you'd lead us to be the men you've called us to be. Thank you, Lord. Let us be affirming men. Thank you, Jesus. Worthy are you, Lord. Praise you, God. We praise you, Lord.
Thank you, Jesus. Oh, I love it. Don't you love it? Don't you love it? Isn't God good? So good, so sweet. I love this. Praise you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Bless you, Jesus. Move in this room, God. Thank you, Lord. I'm going to speak to a couple of generations, to the older generation in the room. To you older men in the room, we need some fathers. We need some fathers. We need some grandpas. I believe God's calling you to step up and love on some of these younger guys. And not just tonight, but in the, but in the days and the weeks and the months and the years ahead. To partner with some young families. To, to go to church every week. And ask the Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, highlight people for me. And then let the Holy Spirit show somebody. And what he'll do is he'll, he'll put a light on them. It's like, the, it's like a supernatural light will just be on a family or someone. You'll just keep seeing them. You'll keep noticing them. And I want you to go up to them. And I want you to say, hey, what's your name? And get to know them. And say, hey, I wanna, I'd love to take your family out to dinner. And take them out to dinner and pay for their meal and just listen to them. 
Don't go into it just thinking, oh, I'll teach these young whippersnappers a thing or two. Just listen to them. Hear their heart. And then when the time comes, you'll know. And just say what needs to be said. And let the Holy Spirit lead you. The Lord's looking for some men who'll step up. We, we live in a fatherless generation. There's a lot of fatherless guys. Some of you older men, I need you to step up. And I'm also going to speak to the younger generation. There's some teenagers in here tonight. And one, I want you to know I'm proud of you. We're so proud of you. Men, are you proud of these young teenagers in this room? I, I, hope, I hope you're challenged by them. I hope you see these young people praying for each other and worshiping, hearts abandoned. And I hope it makes you go, man, I got to dig in because they're digging in. You young guys, I'm proud of you. Proud of you. Jackson Wilson, thank you for pouring into these young guys like you are. Thank you. Romano, Josh Romano. That was so good, man. Thank you. I was just, yes. I really was. I, I, I don't know if you saw, but there's several times you're, I was just smiling, man. You've come so far. You're, so, you're doing so good proud of you man a dear dear brother to me I, I appreciate it you've done a, you're doing a great work and there's more there's so much more but man your heart for 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 the for the Lord your heart for Jesus is is just a beautiful thing thank you isn't God good you guys enjoyed this it's been such a good time in the presence of the Lord We're getting ready to close, close this down. I want, I want to kind of throw a couple things at you as we, as we close out. Um, and I'll let David get into some of the details here in a little bit. But a couple things I feel like I, I want to challenge you with. And it's something that we challenge every, every year, the men, as they leave this. You are going to go home. And if you're married, you have a spouse. And she's going to want to hear about this. And it may, you may feel like... You, you're kind of, you know, tired, you're kind of done, you've been talking a lot, but that ain't going to cut it. It's not going to cut it. My encouragement to you is to sit down with her and tell her what God did. Like, take some time and speak to her and look her in the eyes and tell her what God's doing in your heart, what God's doing in your soul. Talk to her about the men you met and talk to her about what's going to be different and just let her know. Uh, my other challenge to you is don't like start leading right away like we've called you to step up and let me tell you one way you can lead this weekend is don't go home and skip church <laughs> you hear me like you may go home and think oh you know I was at a men's retreat I've been to, I'll just skip church this weekend that does not speak to you now leading spiritually in your home that you get home and go I'm good I'm gonna stay home no, no, go home and get your butt to church. And when you get to church, worship God like he's the King of kings and Lord of lords. And not, not for show, but to start leading. Do what doesn't feel normal, make it normal. Do it till it feels normal. Amen? Let me just tell you, all this stuff, like you see people worshiping the way that they worship, at one point they were where you were. And they made a decision that I'm going in. So just go in, just make the decision and go in. Amen?
Uh, my other challenge to you as we leave this campsite is that we're New Song men and we leave places better than we found it. So do everything you can, clean your bunk, leave this place looking good. I want to thank a few people. Josh Romano, obviously I want to thank you. Uh, men's team, yeah. You, you probably could thank your men's team better than I could. So I'll let you tell your guys thank you. Yeah, I was wanting to do that. So thank you. I've got actually, I was going to, you know, sometimes you don't do things in the order that you wanted to do it. But I've got a list. I want to thank some guys real quick. First off, Nathan Wright, where you at, buddy? Thank you so much. You guys don't know, I am, a, I am not an administrative person. Matter of fact, I hate it. More than doing the dishes, I hate doing administrative work. Nathan helps me handle this. Like, dude, I would, this weekend would not go off without you, bro. So thank you so much for what you do. And then also, there's a group of guys that I've been meeting with over the last six months in preparation for this. And I just want to call you guys out by name. Lord, I thank you so much, Trevor, Scott McGregor, Steve Romano, Jared Lawrenson, Matt Amillion, Nathan, Blake, and Kobe. Thank you guys so much. Give it up for these guys. Yeah. Like the prayer and the meetings into this stuff. Thank you so much for your heart for the men of this church. All, all the pastors, Pastor Kent, Pastor Jackson, Pastor Eman, Pastor Ken uh, Tondrai. You guys are awesome. Thank you so much for coming up and helping to set up early. And then, of course, Pastor David and your team. Thank you, guys. Yeah. And, hey, so we're, we're going to close out, and we're not going to close out, you know, soft and somber. We're going to go out singing Joy of the Redeemed. And so we're going we're gonna to leave worshiping the Lord. And then, listen, there's going to be an opportunity to hang out by the fire outside. And so here's my encouragement, all right? Just like what Pastor Josh was saying last night, and he said it again today. If you're at a five or a six on worship, man, this is the opportunity to crank it up. And so, are you guys ready? Are you banned? You guys good to go? I think they're ready. You ready? All right. Let's worship, and then, hey, we're going to hang out tonight and have a great time. Thank you, guys.